some foods have histamine and some foods create a histamine reaction. Um, and definitely yeah, something um, in leftovers. They can sometimes double in histamine every 20 minutes. So if you've got Gosh. like, so, so if you buy a chicken sandwich that's been on the shelf at M&S for three days, it might be extraordinarily high in histamine. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. How do you hack a type A personality and actually make sure that you're getting enough recovery and avoid burnout, which as you know, if you've been a long time listener of this podcast, happened to me about five years ago or so. And that's what I'm talking to Tony Wrighton about today. He's, this is the second time that Tony's been on the podcast. He's lots of fun. Tony is a journalist, a histamine intolerant journalist, in fact, and has a great blog all about histamine intolerance. And we talk a little bit about that on the show today. And he's also a Sky Sports presenter and host of the Zestology podcast. And it's always lots of fun when Tony and I get together and swap biohacking notes and what we've been doing. And I think you'll really enjoy this interview today um, because at the moment in the UK, we've got the threat of potentially further lockdowns coming maybe even a two-week half-term break lockdown, who knows. And Tony and I definitely share on this podcast the things that we learned during lockdown and new skills we developed, including Tony's yoghurt-making skills, um, which I'll let him fill you in on, and other things we were trying. We both got a bit more into our infrared saunas, um, which, by the way, we both love the sunlight and sauna. Um, it does require kind of deeper pockets, but it's well worth the investment, especially at the moment with air travel being so restricted. So if you haven't been getting enough sun, then you can benefit from the red, near, far and mid, in- and mid infrared light therapy that you can get from a sauna. And I find mine just magical. So if that's something you're interested in, I definitely recommend speaking to the guys over at Sunlight and um, Joao there will always look after you. And uh, if you mention my name, Angela Foster, uh, they'll give you a good, decent discount. Um, So we talk all about sauna, but then we also talk about very inexpensive ways to biohack things as well. And just natural practices, um, including things like enhancing heart rate variability and Qigong. So it's a really wide ranging conversation between Tony and myself. Um, We decided to do it as a chat. He starts off by asking me a few questions, although it's pretty mutual i would say all the way through but if you do want to skip ahead to where i more specifically interview tony then jump ahead to about 20 minutes in but otherwise i think you'll probably enjoy the whole thing from start to finish it's it's quite fast moving and wide ranging so i hope you enjoy this episode and without further ado let me introduce you to tony wrighton Angela, it's really nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's great to be here, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are doing well. And um, I, I can see the sunlight and sauna in the background. So you've, you've decided to get involved in one of those. Are you enjoying it? I'm really enjoying it. And it is part of, we, we were chatting a moment ago and I was saying how I'm trying to slow things down a little bit. And the sauna, although let's face it, sauna is a form of stress in itself, isn't it? But um, a milder form of stress. It is actually part of my quest to try and get more parasympathetic engagement and kind of calm my body down a bit more. Because I did some and t- some tests recently that kind of indicated that after all the burnout and stuff that I'd suffered with and the pneumonia, I wasn't, I still, years on, I'm not really fully recovered and functioning. And so being a kind of typical type A, I'm always overdoing things. And so that's been part of my, I go in there and I meditate. Um, It's not big enough to do any kind of reasonable stretching or anything because it's a two-man one, but I'm loving it. You, you've got the same one, I believe. Have yeah, you? I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, mine is the one man, but mm-hmm. um, I think I mean it's definitely the kind of like one to two anyway. There's, it, it's, a, it's a cozy. It's a cozy. You know, you wouldn't want to get in there with someone you didn't know quite well, but um, <laughs> but it's, it's enough for two, and it's um, oh, it's just so nice. But it's funny what you talk about the Type A. Uh, you, we're definitely both Type A, and that's why we we are here doing this podcasting and doing all the rest of it rather than chilling out. But I find even in the sauna, there's so much. That 
that you can do. I mean, I do a half hour session in there. And like for a start, you've got Netflix in there. I mean, when do you get a chance to watch Netflix you know, <laughs> on your own with no one else about? So I get in there. I'm like, okay, should I watch Netflix? Should I read my book? Should I do? Should I meditate? Maybe I can do a little bit of everything. And even that is a practice in slowing down. So it's not, I mean, I'm certainly not complaining, but it's, um, but it's something that you just have to kind of watch out for, don't you? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, it's funny because I sometimes turn it into my office for half an hour and just put a session on and actually, as you say, do some reading. And uh, that, that's another thing I've been trying to keep away from is I think when you're really passionate, I don't know if you find this, Tony, but when you're really passionate about what you do, it's almost impossible to put it down. And so I'm forever reading topics on optimizing oneself and books and things and podcasts. And actually what I've had to try and do is step back and think, well, maybe actually I should just watch Netflix or maybe I should read some fiction. And uh, I had a, you, you might have seen this, this was a couple of months back when we had this Harry Potter challenge in my house yeah. with my kids. And that just, the effects on my HRV when I looked on my aura at night were so different, just reading, switching to fiction before bed. Um, pretty amazing. That's great. Yeah. Well, you see, I... I actually find non... I'm reading these books on King Arthur at the moment. Um, and uh, it's very good. Bernard Cromwell. Cor- Cornwell is the author. This and sounds I, quite hard going. Though, I, did you know what? I'd always looked at his books and I thought, oh, he is not for me. And I am absolutely hoovering it up. It's brilliant. It's just really, really? interesting knowing about how people lived in the... And actually, by the way, you know, in the, in the fourth century, there wasn't much to do apart from um, kind of... Uh, Get in tune with the rhythm of the seasons, hunt, eat, sow, and then every once in a while go to war. So, um, so yeah. Um, you'd have been doing the sowing and I'd have been doing the fighting. <laughs> you'd have um, been doing the hunting, wouldn't you? Yeah, that is definitely how it, how it seemed to, to, to work in the fourth century. But thankfully, we're not in the fourth century anymore. But anyway, so I, I find actually sometimes fiction is so good at night that I can't put it down and turn out the light. So I have to do a bit of nonfiction, but there you go. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so you got the sauna and that's that's great. And I know you've been working on slowing down a little bit. Just um, go into a little bit more what you mentioned in terms of the HRV and the testing that you did. You said you had some testing which came up with some adverse results. And I think mm. you mentioned pneumonia as well, which might be quite interesting in the context of coronavirus and how you've been feeling about that as well. Yeah, so I um, pneumonia was something I had about five years ago, I was hospitalized with it. And I'd kind of kept going because I had really young children at the time. I had these monster fevers, like, you know, I knew I had pneumonia, um, but they were kind of treating me at home. And then it got to the point where it got so bad that my lymphs were, lymph glands were so swollen. They thought I might have lung cancer, which was all quite scary at the time. And I had a, an emergency CT scan, which was when they actually just admitted me. And after that, I think... But prior to that, I'd been pushing myself too hard. So my immune system wasn't functioning that well. And I think that's why when the family got a cough, I ended up so sick. But um, what that meant was there was a long journey of recovery afterwards. So I had pneumonia on both lungs. I was immediately hospitalized. They, um, I was actually at a private hospital at the time, and they wanted to transfer me over to an NHS one because they thought they were going to have to intubate me. And I kind of resisted and said, Let's, let me rest here for two days and we'll see. Right. Um, and all the kind of things, you know, I was neutropenic. It was all going the wrong way initially. But then I did pick up. But what I hadn't, I think what I'd underestimated is how to rebuild yourself back from that. You know, as a lawyer, I definitely trashed my sleep. I didn't respect it enough. And I know like you do night shifts. We, As lawyers, we would push on through the night so many times just to get that deal done. And inevitably, yeah. it would get delayed. But the client wanted you to do it. And so you do repetitive, repetitive nights. And then I had, obviously, the three kids in kind of four and a half years, which was quite close together. So they were keeping me awake. And I just really then suffered, I think, with burnout. But turning that around has been hard. And so recently, I did... Um, Dutch testing, Dutch complete, where they look at your, so I did the five um, urine samples and five saliva samples over the course of the day. And they look at the cortisol awakening response. Um, So looking at what your cortisol is when you wake up, then 30 minutes later, and then 60 minutes later, and then further during the day, alongside some hormones. And what I found was that my initial cortisol when I wake up jumps, it's not out of range, but just when I open my eyes, effectively, it seems to be high. And that gets me going and I naturally wake up early so that would be consistent with it but then within 30 minutes it actually 
doesn't continue to rise. It starts, it goes up a little bit and then it starts to drop. Okay. And you don't normally see that. And then when we looked at the metabolized cortisol through the urine, that was that was low. So it seems like there's not much left in the tank. And for anyone listening, the way I was experiencing it was to try and get myself going, I would keep doing HIIT workouts. And you hear this, you know, the lot of executive clients that I that I speak to, for example, you know, that they they feel so much better after a 10K run, or mm -hmm. if they do a really hard hitting workout, they just find their brain performance is really good. But really, I think what's happening there is that you're just trying, the body's trying to stimulate that cortisol production that you're not really seeing to get you going. And that was happening with me. So and eventually that will end up, you know, it compromises immune function. You can end up back where I was before. So that was definitely a wake up call mm. to me to say, you've got to stop doing this. You've got to respect recovery. Um, and, and then recently I've been writing a book and I didn't anticipate when I was putting together my kind of pillars of health, just how much I was going to end up focusing on recovery. Um, the research kind of just led me there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's something I have to, it's a constant battle because I think I have to remind myself to slow down. And I think I am naturally quite an energized individual. The other thing I found though is I also had very, very low iron levels. And so this was an area where it doesn't matter how many nootropics you take or how much caffeine you have, you're never going to get the kick if you haven't got enough iron. And so I've had some iron infusions, which has massively sorted me out in that regard. Wow, because iron is something you have to be quite careful with, is it? You don't want your levels to, you can't supplement too much with iron without actually knowing what your levels are like in the first place. Am I right in that? Yes, definitely. You wouldn't want to, for sure. Um, and for men, it's not normally an issue because obviously they're not menstruating, so they're not losing iron every month. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've, I've, I mean, I've have um, endometriosis and PCOS, so that's something I've had to kind of try and. And I've, I've pretty much got those. I wouldn't say you can ever really control them fully, but better than they were before. But that has led to iron deficiency in me. And it's one of those things because I did get some headaches after I had the infusion initially. But actually, then around a week later, I just felt like a different person. The, the brain fog when your ferritin sores are low is kind of inexplicable. And I thought it was just me. I was like, why am I not so motivated? Why can't I push myself to do more, you know? Um, just, so just on that, have you ever looked at hacking um, uh, the cycle, menstruation and kind of um, PMT and everything else? Um, certainly, my partner and I were talking about whether, you know, whether there is whether there are hacks in that area and I don't really know what they would be but um, it does strike me that so many people suffer from this and it's really interesting you hearing about low you talk about low iron levels because I haven't really thought about that but I just wondered if you looked at that I have looked so I have been looking recently in a bit more um, depth at Elisa Viti's work who wrote In the Flow and also Stacey Sims Dr. Stacey Sims who I'm actually going to get on my podcast she's um, got a new course coming out and she works with a lot of athletes in terms of optimizing their training around their menstrual cycle and one of the things that I've taken away from the research is it's definitely different for women and I don't think you can just push 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 all the time yeah. you know men sort of push recover push recover and with women you get those fluctuating hormones throughout the month and sometimes you're just not feeling it you're just not and actually you need to go with that the other area I've noticed as well is there aren't that many um, scientific studies that have been done, but a lot of women are replicating what men are doing with fasting. So they're going for these extreme fasting protocols where they're doing maybe 20 hours day fasted and then restricting the eating window to sort of four hours. And that, again, is a form of stress. And women, certainly women that are premenopausal, we don't seem to be that well suited to it. And it can, you know, just push cortisol up. A bit too high um, and it can affect hormonal balance in the body so that's one area I've been looking at is how can you optimize mm -hmm. your training and it's you know like Paula Radcliffe amazingly she she basically got a world record I think on day one of her menstrual cycle right. and so the, the funny thing is at that point of the month what they're saying is actually you're almost like a man sometimes, but for some women and they don't feel it. And actually, to be honest, what I've noticed, and maybe your female listeners will pick this up themselves if they track it, is that one month you might feel amazing 
at the beginning of the month and other months actually just feel really, really exhausted. And I think it's actually getting more in tune and understanding what you should be doing. But there are times when you're stronger. So in the middle, when the, in the higher hormone phase, as you lead up to that, you can have much better kind of strength gains and you can change your training around a bit. Um, I haven't played much with the food. Some people do do that and they eat different foods around different times. But what I did pick up on on my Dutch test is that my hormones looked to be a bit lower in terms of estrogen and progesterone. And I think that is largely as a function of just pushing too hard, working yeah. too hard, three children. And that lowers in the same way men get, you know, lower testosterone. It lowers the female hormones. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it is really interesting. Though. Have you done much, you and your wife, in that area yet? Or? Um, well, it's kind of interesting because we're always thinking about it. Um, and obviously in that particular area of the um, menstrual cycle, I, I obviously don't really know anything about it, but we've talked about it and I'm, I'm definitely going to get her to listen to what we've just been talking about today i mean certainly in terms of my exercise routine you know i mean i i again i'm like i definitely have fluctuations from day to day and i know you mentioned that you were listening to the qigong interview that i did on zestology that's mm. that's something that for me sometimes i just do need a gentler workout and I think quite gentle exercise suits me well particularly because I am driven you know you were talking about that kind of male kind of push and recover well yeah I do feel great after an intense workout and kind of energized but actually today for example I was working until quarter past midnight last night clambered into bed about quarter past one um clearly didn't get a full night's sleep and quite a disrupted sleep and today i am going to do just a qigong class and then probably lie in the sun for a little bit and that'll that'll suit me much better than a more intense workout i think mm. so um so yeah just trying to kind of tune into tune into um the, that makes the sense of how I, I feel yeah Mm. And also, I think that if you if you continue to kind of push too hard, you actually get the opposite effect. So certainly with women, that's the other thing I've really noticed is from doing the more research into it is as hormone levels seem to drop, start to drop as well as you kind of go through your 40s. It's so important to make sure that you're getting enough protein and that you're stimulating muscle protein synthesis through eating protein but also through exercising and doing resistance training and um, not necessarily like hit style but actually just stimulating that muscle growth so kind of slower resistance training really important and they have a knock-on effect because the more muscle that you have the better your um, estrogen levels are and then you know it works the other way around and so I've been looking at that and making sure that actually I'm getting enough protein in my diet because I just think it gets confusing for people isn't it or I should yeah. be fasting and I shouldn't eat for 16 hours but then how if you've got a relatively small appetite at any one sitting like me then you'd, you might struggle to get everything in if you go below that but I definitely um I think just going with the way that your body feels just feels a lot more intuitive but you do have to slow down and listen don't you that's the thing yeah yeah it's um it's a constant theme that's for certain do you, I mean, just are there any supplements that you take to, I know, I mean, actually the lifestyle practices are more valuable than supplements, certainly I would say. And I'd say that the, the best thing is a good night's sleep. Nothing trumps, mm. uh, you know, if you can get one more hour sleep a night, that's better than any supplement. But um, I wonder if there's any supplements you take to help you slow down or to help with your cycle or to, I mean, you mentioned iron there. I just mm -hmm. wonder if there's anything there that helps, you know, if you're feeling a little bit sluggish, whether it's a particular time of the month or not. Yes, yeah, so I do take and I, fi I do find this helps. I take evening primrose. I actually okay. like that. And I'm, I might double that up. Um, in the early stage so in that kind of first seven days um, so I do take that I take um, I sometimes take dim which just ha can help as well for people who do get some mood changes and also with kind of detoxifying the hormones so I take that I take um, some homocysteine support because when I looked at my genetics my SNPs um, on that front aren't great and so I do take some good dose of B vitamins which good. I find really yeah. help yeah likewise um, so yeah you Hope, do as well uh, well my homocysteine levels have been quite high for quite a while in fact I've got tests somewhere I'm going to try and do that today yeah 
Oh, yeah, I remember you saying you were going to test before lockdown and then it all kicked in and you couldn't. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah I need to. I need to do it. Yeah, yeah. Go back to it. Um, yeah, homocysteine is definitely something that I've... I mean, that's the, the most accurate indicator of future heart disease, much more so than cholesterol levels, isn't it? So it's really good that you're taking those B vitamins. Mm. I should actually test my homocysteine. It, I could see on the um, Dutch test that it looked like I needed some B vitamin support. So I've been doing um, that. I also take like high strength omega-3 I find that that is just invaluable but that my skin and my hair just looks so much better when I'm taking kind of anywhere between two and four grams of omega-3 daily so that's what I'll take reasonably high dose and and try and eat some oily fish as well Um, but the rest of it I take actually recently do you know I've been playing around with which is really cheap is I was finding that with nootropics I get you get that attenuation which I think they they know, and so you need to cycle in and off them. Yeah, but actually, by that, do you mean that you just get used to it? You get used to it, yeah. And I think it happens with a lot of them. But interestingly, there's a personalized nootropic company that have just reached out to me to test those, and they do it based on your questionnaire results. And you take different um, versions of their supplement depending on how you are feeling or what your work demands are. So I'm really excited. These guys are based in the States to try this. Okay. And that yeah. keeps mixing it up. So I'll, I'll let your feedback on that. Um, but I have been taking creatine with an amino acid blend. And that actually gives me amazing concentration. Oh, I really wow. noticed an uptick on that. Well, what um, brand is that then? I haven't tried that, but I'll give it a go. Uh, so the amino acid blend is essential amino acids. Okay. Um, so not the BCAAs. Um, so it's got everything. And that is by Love Life, which doesn't have any sweeteners. It tastes yep. pretty good. It also mixes really well. And then the creatine monohydrate. So, you know, that's a cheap supplement you can kind of get from anywhere. I think mine's Jaro. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mix those in together in the morning. And that actually gives me really good concentration. Caffeine, I... I know you love coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, yeah, I don't, um, I don't give that up. I'm just careful about the time of day. Um, and then other supplements I kind of move in and out with, but I mostly like to do things, as you say, through nutrition and lifestyle. I'm big on eating lots and lots of veg, um, healthy doses of protein and fats and just keeping it really simple but tasty i've been lucky because my husband's a great great cook and so because he's been working from home he's been like making me lots of food fantastic uh, well that's been one of the real benefits of what's happened over the last few months isn't it i feel like i've taught myself to cook properly i've always enjoyed cooking and pottering around in the kitchen but i feel over the last few months i've really taught myself to cook and cook things that are actually kind of respectable (laughs) as opposed to kind of slop um and it's just it's just very very enjoyable that's been one of the best things about lockdown and the, the, the format of this podcast is that um i wanted to ask you questions for 20 minutes or so and you wanted to ask me some stuff and we're just going to run it out on both podcasts and in terms of using nutrition to make you feel good i know you wanted to maybe look into histamine a little bit um that is something that obviously i've been my passion project is the histamine intolerance site that i've started i'm very happy to talk about that and nutrition is something that becomes much more important with histamine because all sorts of random foods that you would not expect are high in histamine and can give you quite a response without you really realizing it what took me 25 years to realize it anyway yeah so this was really interesting for me because i was listening to one of your zestology podcasts i forget which one it was and you were talking on it about how if you had nespresso coffee (laughs) that seemed to trigger a response but if you were having really good quality coffee beans and i think you'd invested in a coffee machine during lockdown yeah yeah can you explain more about that well histamine is histamine intolerance is um when you create too much histamine in the body and it's kind of quite a frustrating condition but i'm delighted that i've discovered it because for 25 years i had all sorts of symptoms i don't really realize what was going on uh dodgy gut was the main one for me and it was so frustrating sometimes i felt like um i just couldn't fully partake in life because i was suffering all these symptoms and everybody else was doing exactly the same thing as me and absolutely fine and it turns out that some of us just create too much histamine and actually that 
that the percentage figure could be quite high. You know, for example, you mentioned that you're suffering with hay fever at the moment. Well, all of this stuff that I'm about to talk about can massively help with hay fever, unblocking your nose. You know, when you eat a lot of high histamine food, then it might very much affect your um, your allergy symptoms. And there's all sorts of things that can provoke a histamine response in the body. And one of them is um, cheap coffee or potentially Nespresso coffee, certainly for me. And after having talked about it, loads of other people got in touch with me as well. I don't know why, but there's something about Nespresso capsules that means that um, there's a reaction for me. And it might be the, the plastic, because obviously what's happening with Nespresso is they've wrapped quality coffee in plastic. And then the plastic gets heated up to very high temperatures to make the coffee. So it might be the plastic, a little bit of the plastic going into coffee. I don't know what it is, or the chemicals in that's the coffee. Quite, but, that's quite worrying yeah. in itself, isn't it? Having those plastics in your body well environmentally i think nespresso have got a bit of a problem on their hands actually but um if you have an espresso machine one of the things you can do now is you can buy one of these metal capsules and you can pack it with your own coffee (laughs) and hack the nespresso machine so that's a way around it that you that's a good hack yeah yeah it is good actually isn't it yeah but anyway Yeah. yeah we bought a um reconditioned coffee machine off ebay and uh, oh, I, I love it! It's great. Yeah. Won't, won't so this is one now. where you you put the beans in, do you? That's what we have, where they get ground fresh. Yes, and you yes. get to feel oh, like that. you're a, you get to feel like you're a barista <laughs> without actually <laughs> having to have any skill at all. There's enough knobs and dials to put a press and twiddle that I feel like I'm actually kind of having a say in what coffee I'm making. But really, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. So do you actually have to like put the, the, the device in and turn it around and things like that? No, ours, you don't. No. It just actually just does it for you. I press yeah. a button and then it grinds the coffee and Perfect. it just sends it out beautifully. Bean, bean to cup. Yeah. 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 I'm a total convert to it. It's, um, it's so great. I've definitely desensitized myself a bit to coffee though. <laughs> have you? Just by having so. too much. So yeah, how do maybe. you, in terms of the um, histamine, do you yeah. find this as well? Like with alcohol, for example, would you get if you had a glass of wine, would you get kind of a red nose? Um, Do you find that comes I won't on? get a red nose, but alcohol is pretty much the highest histamine thing that you can eat or drink. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I used to get dreadful bad stomach and hangovers on red wine and even one one glass of red wine. And you know, you mentioned did you mention the Ura ring earlier on? I think you did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, my heart rate variability is sky high after one glass of wine even now or any alcohol or even alcohol in food weirdly um and uh, so yeah alcohol's been i've given i've given that up i've just been contacted by a low histamine wine company through my histamine intolerance instagram so i'm going to try some of their wine um and i'll, I'll definitely post about that i'm very, very sceptical that I'm not going to have a reaction, but it'd be lovely. But yeah, wine is pretty much the highest. I mean, it's quite frustrating. You've got chocolate, avocados, tomatoes, mm. all these things, seemingly random lists, really. Leftovers, dreadful. So I freeze everything now and that's fine. Is that because a little bit like fermented foods that yeah. has higher levels of histamine? Yeah, so, the, the, the oh bacteria and the, some some foods have histamine, and some foods create a histamine reaction. Um, and definitely, yeah, something um, in leftovers they can sometimes double in histamine every twenty minutes. So if you've got Gosh. like so so. If you buy a chicken sandwich that's been on the shelf at M&S for three days, it might be extraordinarily high in histamine. Gosh, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. So for people who have histamine intolerances, it fresh is definitely going to be better for them. Yeah, um, fr- fresh is massive. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, fermented foods. I mean, yogurt, unfortunately. I mean, that, that's one of the things about shame. lockdown. Actually, I've been making my own yogurt. Well, I heard that. Yes. <laughs> I heard about your initial attempt. I'm officially where a yogurt went a maker. Wrong because of the top. <laughs> but have you have you now have you perfected it? Yeah, I've done I've done four batches and one okay. batch. Yeah, I took the lid off and um you, you wouldn't you would I wouldn't want I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy what I saw in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I must say in terms of making own yogurt, I actually grew up um my father's Lebanese and in our family they used to make a lot of yogurt and cheese. Yeah. And uh I want to have a go, but I'm a little bit, I guess I'm nervous that I'm going to somehow poison myself through making yogurt. So how how can you tell that actually, as you fermented this, that it's, it's okay to eat? 
good question, Angela. I, I, I'm not going to set myself up as Dr. Yogurt, but, um, <laughs> but what I did is I've got an instant pot and it's got a yogurt setting. So it's great. I, I think, um, I mean, step one, heat up some coconut milk or coconut cream. Step two, put some probiotics in. Um, and s- step three, let it cool and then put it on yogurt setting. And, you know, anything between eight and 16 hours later, you come back and you've got yogurt there. And it's, it's a very satisfying process. And it was, I thought I've eaten enough yogurt in my life that I should try and make it. And they say with yogurt, you know, if it hasn't worked. So, um, so yeah, I mean, three times it was absolutely time. One time there was clearly, you know, for whatever reason, I I, I might not have sterilized the instant pot, which is fairly disgusting, but I think you need to do that first. Um, And um, yeah, you'll know if it hasn't worked, you know, so, but um, so when it comes, which, what's the pot that you're using for this? Well, the instant pot, I don't know if you've ever used an instant pot, Angela, but it is, it is the most unbelievable bit of in, of kitchen tech. Um, it's, uh, it's and it's a, called the instant pot. It's called the instant pot because I really want to have a go with this, so I'm going to I'm going to hunt this down and buy one. Oh, it's, they're they're absolutely brilliant. They're not expensive. I mean, okay. in, in the scheme of things, they're probably eighty quid or something like that. And they sauté and they boil and they uh, slow cook and pressure cook. And the pressure cooker is probably the best thing about it. Um, it's it's absolutely brilliant, the Instant Pot. I, I mean, I probably use it almost every single day. It's a, it's a healthy, quick pressure cooker, basically. And I'm, I'm a bit of an Instant Pot, pot bore as well. Uh, but you can cook from frozen as well. You can, you can cook frozen meat in there. I, I, I haven't cooked chicken in there, but red meat, I'll just put it in there, put some herbs and spices on the top, put a bit of water in. And then an hour later, it is, it's like it's been in the slow cooker for five hours. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because I do like a bit of slow cooking, I must say. And so in terms of your, I know you've got a great blog on Histamine where you put all your research on there. Yeah. But what have you found to be the foods you mentioned, all the foods, where you've pretty much gave a list of all the foods that I love. So avocado, dark chocolate, red wine, um, all these things, which actually are in small amounts really healthy as well. Mm. What does your day-to-day diet look like when you're being really disciplined with, with avoiding it? I mean, it has been frustrating not being able to have chocolate and red wine. I mean, you're right. They're in small quantities, absolutely fine. And I love them. The truth is that they're not fine if you've got histamine intolerance. But also, once you start to address this issue, you can start reintroducing it. The whole goal is to kind of get back to a fairly normal way of life. And, you know, we talk about this histamine bucket, which is, you know, you might think of your histamine levels as being like a bucket. And probably everybody uh, is like this. Once your bucket starts to overflow, the symptoms start. So what you want to do is reduce the bucket, eat healthily for a few days, or eat low histamine for a few days, and then be absolutely fine. But, um, yeah, my day-to-day schedule would be i mean i intermittently fast so i haven't eaten yet it's about half 12 but a couple of coffees in the morning and then for lunch it'll be uh it might be a salad or sweet potato or um i mean anything really but just as long as it's low histamine and you know there's certain cheeses that are very high histamine but all cheese is you know some cheese you can eat so mozzarella ricotta soft cheese tends to be fine um those blue stiltons they're mm-hmm. about they're as bad as red wine they're as bad as you can get <laughs> but again you so know, you're the, not going over to france for cheese and biscuits I'm and not. wine anytime it's, soon it's, it's very disappointing um <laughs> but you know um tomato is high so i made a pizza the other day and instead of tomato i just kind of put a carrot base on it in fact quite a few of the high street pizzerias do that now as well um used a cauliflower pizza base um put some mozzarella and onions and spring onion and garlic on the top um felt a little Sounds bit like tasty. yeah it was, it's pretty good i went a bit gordon ramsay while i was cooking it because i kind of got a bit stressed i didn't think it was going to be good but there's a company called luna fennel i think that's what luna fennel luna and fennel Luna and fennel. And they do cauliflower crust pizzas and pizza bases. Oh, easy. And it is absolutely delicious. But also so much fun making pizza. Mm, so, I um, love making pizza. Yeah. I do. That's the one time actually that we indulge. The kids love it and we do indulge in a bit of gluten there. Um, just because I love pizza yeah. dough. Yeah. Well, um, try, try again, these because these amounts. are, these are mm. um, cauliflower pizzas and they're gluten-free. Yeah, much yeah. better for you. Gluten-free. But I certainly, will. Um, you know, I, I just, I find workarounds. I eat probably a bit more 
fruit and a bit less chocolate. Uh, don't really eat much tomato. Um, I don't go, I don't eat much fish anymore because that's high in histamine, but eat, you know, plenty of very good quality organic meat. And the other major difference is that in the past, I'd do a big cook up on a Sunday and I'd have all my meals in the fridge for a week. And now I can do the same thing, but I just freeze anything that I don't use straight away and then use it whenever. And so when you, because I wanted to ask you about that. So if you're freezing it straight away, but if you're slow cooking something, it doesn't have the same impact then in terms of raising histamine levels. Slow cooking can, because it cooks for so long, okay. there can be a histamine issue. And that's why the histamine, uh, the instant pot is so good for histamine intolerance, because you can cook frozen food quickly and safely, and you can kind of get a slow cooked vibe. Um, if right. you leave something in a slow cooker for 10 hours, it might well accumulate too much histamine. And so slow cooking is kind of out with histamine. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh dear, it all sounds a bit of a hassle. It's it's easy to adapt, I promise. But if you're worried that you might have histamine intolerance or if you're interested to know, the best way to find out is to take a quick test, probably about two minutes on, on my site, which is histamineintolerance.net and you'll kind of know. And then if you think you might have histamine intolerance, you just cut out certain foods for three days and see if you feel a lot better. I cut out all the high histamine. When I first kind of got into this, I cut out high histamine foods for three days and within about an hour, I started to feel better. It didn't take three oh, wow. days. It was, it was instant. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, threw all the chocolate out for a few days and the red wine. And I started to feel so much better. And I I've now found some alcohols that suit me all right as well. So so I can have the odd drink too. So what's the what would the odd drink be for you? What can you have? Well, I do quite like a rum, Angela. Okay. Yeah. Spirit. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there's a vodka called Tito's Vodka which is um, distilled six times and has no impurities and is supposed to be pretty much the, the purest alcohol you can find. And anyone listening in America will know about Tito's Vodka. I've, turned, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but that, that's pretty good as well. Uh, my, okay. my HRV still goes up, Angela, but, you know. Your HRV or your heart rate goes... My HRV your, goes down, sorry, yeah, and my, my heart rate, heart goes, rate up. goes up. Yeah. So your pulse would, but I find any alcohol elevates my pulse. Yes. Yes, do you find that? And actually lowers, and also what lowers HRV I find as well is just eating late. I, I, that's one thing we've really made a big change for. There's been a big benefit of lockdown is eating earlier. Um, because if I ate any time kind of in the lead up to bed, then that really depresses my HRV quite significantly. Um, we, I mean, again, we, I always thought, I can't believe we are now one of those families that eat at like six o'clock, but we are, and I love it. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I love it too. But I know that you now, you're now back at Sky and yes. you're doing a yeah. few night shifts and you were saying how actually how hard that is staying up late. Have you noticed, um, what have you noticed on your aura ring when you're doing a night shift? How do things change in terms of things like HRV, but also levels of like deep sleep and REM sleep? Yeah. I mean, the eating uh, at work is fine because I'll, I'll still eat early and actually, you know, I can kind of I tend to eat very healthy because there's not because the the food there is quite limited in choice and therefore I tend to take my own and then it's done and then you know that's fine but um certainly I've found that when I get home late and as I say last night it was kind of quarter past one when I got into bed it's it's hard to get the same amount of deep sleep um and I spoke to Matthew Walker about this and he said, look, you know, you might want to get up at your normal waking up time, even when you sleep late. But I'm doing four late shifts in a row at the moment. It's difficult, isn't it? Because we all have to make sacrifices in our jobs. And if mm. you love your job, but it's a job that means you have to go to bed late, sometimes you've got to suck it up. I know it's not very good for me, but I'm just kind of trying to optimize it as much as possible around it. But um, certainly the Ura Ring doesn't seem to know what's going on when I get into bed at quarter past one in the morning. <laughs> No, I'm sure. Not compared if you're going usually um, earlier. But was Matthew Walker then saying get up and have a nap later or just get up and compromise on the amount of sleep? Well, he was saying that it might be better to stick to your routine and get back right. up at the same time. And I spoke to Nick Littlehales as well, who said the same thing. Mm. Um, but um, 
but they're both also quite pragmatic. And if you need more sleep, then you need more sleep. The fact is now, you know, lockdown has meant that actually I got into quite a good circadian rhythm. So now going to bed three hours after I normally do is quite a shock to the system. I just, I, I can't wake up three hours later anyway. No, no, that's the thing. I find that I, I would wake up regardless. I think Nick Littlehouse has got a good um, kind of system, hasn't he, where you count back in 90-minute cycles yeah. to work out. Have you used that? Like, will you delay going to bed to think, well, actually, I'll try and get however many sleep cycles in? Well, I love Nick, but that's a bit, it's a bit technical, the whole kind of counting back thing and <laughs> uh, cycles. So I tend to just try and sleep as much as I can as long as I can whenever I can I'm quite good at napping as well so today I'm back in at sky at about five o'clock today I'll probably have a little nap outside this afternoon if I can and uh, my partner's a yoga teacher and she's got me very into yoga nidra which is nice because you could do a kind of 20 minute yoga nidra which is basically just lying down and listening to somebody talking and then at the end of it I often have a little extra kind of 15 minutes shut eye which is quite nice Oh, that is nice. That sounds calming. And you were also mentioning um, when we were chatting, because and I heard your interview, one of your podcasts on Qigong that you yes. got into. Now I'm excited about this because this this helps. This is helpful in the quest to kind of wind down. And you're actually doing something. So it kind of um, it seems like a good form of exercise that really ban- balances the energy in the body, which I'm super interested in. Um, how have you been getting on with that? Because I know you did a course. Well, Aaron Collins Thomas is great. And I, I, one of the things I've always wanted to do is a Qigong course. But it was always, you have to sign up for six Tuesday evenings at 7.30 in the Village Hall. And that never really <laughs> suited my schedule. Uh, but now you can do it on Zoom with him. And he's very good. Um, it's... I think bearing in mind what you want to achieve with slowing down, I think you might like it a lot. Um, sometimes I just use it instead of a workout. It's about 20 minutes. It's really nice. There's a, there's a warm up, which means you focus on every part of your body. Um, the exercises are definitely, there's some stretching in there. There's some physicality in there. You can make it a little bit more physical if you like. And there's a kind of warm down as well. It brings you out of your head into your body. And I like the fact that it's been around for thousands of years. Therefore, it must work because it's been passed down over generations you know a lot of the workouts that we do have been around about five minutes and qigong's been around thousands of years and has been honed and honed across those years and therefore there must be um, some good to it yeah and have you noticed that when you when you've done it do you feel like you're more parasympathetically engaged have you noticed anything there on your hrv has that gone up for example if you've been really disciplined and regular with it have you seen any change or is it more about how you feel energetically i haven't noticed any change with the hrv i've not particularly been tracking it but i haven't noticed any change the reason i think it works so well for me and it might be different people might have a different effect but for me it's the breathing you know you you have to focus on the breath quite a lot that's the main part of it really and you breathe at very specific times at very specific moments within the practice if your attention wanders then you completely lose the breath and lose the physicality as well but there's something about just breathing deeply i mean honestly today i woke up late i feel a bit muddle-headed because i haven't had a full night's sleep um i'm going to take the time to do a qigong this afternoon but have i actually taken a full big deep lung breath yet i don't know but i'll certainly do that for 20 minutes when i do that qigong and i think for me that's what makes me feel so different mm, yeah because you're really kind of oxygenating your tissues are you and is does it involve nasal breathing i'm a real novice on this qigong so the it, uh, uh, there's there was no specificity around nasal breathing, okay. but that probably does help. And actually, mm. um, I've just spoken to somebody, it'd be good for you to speak to, um, James Nestor, who's written a book on, he's a journalist, he's just been on Joe Rogan's podcast, he's written a book on breathing. It's absolutely fascinating. The power of the breath and how simple it sounds and how I think everybody switches off when you start hearing about what breathing oh come on mate (laughs) tell me tell me about l-theanine or a supplement but don't give me breathing but actually the power of deep breathing and as you say nasal breathing as well so important Mm, so important i did i recently had patrick McEwen on you know who wrote the oxygen advantage yes Um, mm, i think i saw an instagram post and uh, watched a video clip about it 
Yeah, that yeah. is really interesting. And just how it elevates, you know, nasal breathing elevates nitric oxide, oxide production, helps low blood pressure and the kind of exchange of oxygen and CO2. Really interesting. And I think I didn't realize until I did that session with him how disordered my breathing still is actually after having had uh, asthma induced by the, the pneumonia I had. So really interesting. Um, and so what are you doing now? Are you now fully out of kind of, has life gone back to normal for you? Like you said, you're doing more shifts at Sky or are you kind of still in this sort of semi-lockdown life? <laughs> I think semi-lockdown. I think semi. we're all a little bit in semi-lockdown <laughs> We're all a bit semi, life. aren't we? Yeah, all a bit semi. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I was always in at Sky We've been doing one day a week ever since okay. lockdown started. It's two days a week now, and I normally do three. So I'm very grateful. The Sky have been brilliant, and they're still paying us normally. So that's perfect. Mm. Um, it's it's very odd in the office. You know, most of the people still are not there in the studio. There are probably 10% of the people that are normally there, and we've somehow made it work on air. It looks great on air, bearing in mind, you know, so many people aren't actually able to make it in at the moment. Um it's it's odd, isn't it? I mean, we we all got quite ill in early March when everything kind of kicked off with. I presented this big ping pong tournament. Loads of people flew in from all over the world, including from China. And then a couple of weeks later, we got ill. Um, we did antibody tests, and Faith tested positive, and I tested negative for antibodies, which is bizarre, isn't it? But we all had it the is, same symptoms, it? yeah. But then I suppose, yeah, they're saying you don't necessarily get antibodies, but sometimes it's in the T cells. Yes. But so she she has definitely had it though, and you were she's, both. She's you both definitely had time, it, right? and I'm working on the assumption that I've definitely had it as well because we had the same symptoms. But as you say, um, it might be in the C cells, or I might not have had it. But um, I mean, it was pretty bad. I think I think uh, one year old son had it as well. I mean, he he was the one who kind of got ill first with a dreadful cough that went on for weeks. But um, oh, so he was symptomatic. That's interesting, isn't it? He was, but again, that children aren't. He he did. It all also coincide with him going to nursery, and he seems to have picked up everything from nursery. So it oh, might yeah. have been that. <laughs> but I mean, that that's something that's probably a bit of a distant memory for you now. But I mean, goodness me, the that's amount not of a things. Fun stage. <laughs> Yeah, the first kind of five or six weeks of nursery. Mm. But of course, also I pride myself on, I never get ill. I'm fine. Look at all this healthy stuff I'm doing. I was, I've been picking up everything that he gets as well. It, you do, don't you, for a yeah. while when they're little and you do. So in terms of your... Um, but, by the um, way, sorry to interrupt, mm. Angela. Um, there is some interesting research that parents live longer than non-parents. And one of the theories for this is that as a parent, you have almost like a second childhood of illnesses <laughs> when you're when your child is young and you get all those illnesses again but it, actually what it does is it builds up your immunity in later years so, so i'm working on that that's making me feel better when i get yet another kind of uh, runny nose or cold from him you definitely get, I notice, more resilient. So I had the same as you when they were really tiny. You're just getting a constant onslaught of things. So even when you don't get fully sick with it, you're just under the weather, aren't you? Runny nose or... And, and the other thing is they bring home a lot of stomach complaints at that age as well, which is never, yeah. never nice. Um, but so now you, your oldest is now a teenager, am I right in saying that? We, we have a teenager in wow. the house. Wow, <laughs> how does that feel, being the mum to a teenager? Yeah, that, <laughs> I think I'm showing my age, Tony. That's, that's how it makes me feel a few more sessions in the um, anti-aging sauna you'll be fine (laughs) yeah exactly I just need to keep going in there um I feel like I what struck me was I can't believe that he'll actually um be old enough to drive in four years time that was four years like how did that go you probably look at your little man and think I can't imagine him as a grown man yet because it just seems so far away but it goes so fast um so yeah it is different we're definitely seeing some some adolescents i've got a nearly 12 year old as well so two two boys that are kind of yeah hitting that stage um but i was going to ask you so in terms of you like you were talking to me we were discussing supplements and i know you've been into your cooking and obviously with the histamine diet as well you're really healthy and optimized but what supplements do you take yourself to kind of boost physical and mental function again i look into methylation quite a lot i don't think methylation comes particularly naturally to me um and i think i need to do quite a lot of detoxing which is why the sunlight and sauna has worked so well but at the start i could only use the sunlight and sauna for about 10 minutes because i would detox so much 
Did you? So yeah. What did you notice then? Because when I when I bought mine, they were saying how some individuals, when they sweat, they would actually see like a milky fluid come out. It wouldn't even be clear. Did you get any of that? No way. I didn't get that, but I I had okay. I know what I'm like when I'm detoxing. And it was, yeah, it was pretty full on. So I would okay. just sit in there. It wouldn't get that hot. And I would about 10 minutes. And now I feel, I, I feel I've obviously, it's obviously helped a lot. Um, and I have noticed my HRV improve through using that as well. I do take methylation vitamins, but I tend to take ones that um, can help me uh, do it in quite a gentle way. Um, L-theanine is one that I love with coffee. Oh, do you uh, take it alongside um, coffee? I took it this morning. Yeah, it certainly mm. takes the edge off. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's interesting what you were saying about nootropics losing their power if you take them all the time. I think that's probably a very good thing to remember. I'll try and remember that with the L-theanine. I don't know if you'd notice it as much. I mean, maybe a bit with the L-theanine because I guess it applies to them all. I find L-theanine, I do like. It kind of just takes that edge. You don't get any... I don't really get jitters from caffeine, but it does um, kind of calm you. And I feel like it sort of elongates those concentration effects from the caffeine, don't you? That's what I like about it. Definitely, um, yeah. I've actually run out. You've just reminded me now that I haven't taken that in a while. Yeah. It's, but, you know, when you take those nootropic blends, I mean, actually, some of them, Qualia, I think, even they say, don't they, that you need to cycle like five days on on two days off at the weekend to try and help prevent that um right i love so, that name yeah. qualia we talked about that qualia. before didn't we yeah um, and uh, i take a few histamine supplements as well you know i take quercetin at night our the, the um we talked about cycles earlier on well the histamine cycle means that early in the morning your histamine levels are highest in the body that's why it's very hard to test for histamine because if you do a test at say six in the morning your histamine levels might be completely different as to what they are at six in the afternoon and it will be very dependent on what food you've eaten as well so i tend to take some quercetin at night and i was very jealous when you mentioned omega-3 supplements because um all the good omega-3s are very high in histamine. Cod liver mm. oil and algae tend to be, they're all high histamine. Um, but I've just bought some uh, patches. I don't know if you've ever tried these supplements where you put a patch on as opposed to you know, no, I haven't. a pill. Yeah, it's quite an interesting um, idea. I've been trying the vitamin C at night. You just put a patch on in it. You, you absorb a certain amount of vitamin C transdermally overnight. And I bought some omega-3. I thought, well, if I'm bypassing the gut, then I might kind of be able to absorb it a little bit better. So I need to try them as well. But I'm a bit nervous because, yeah, high histamine supplements I do definitely react to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it easy with that. And what would be the reaction that you would get? How quickly would that happen? And what would you experience? Oh, I mean, I, I tried... Um, You'd have to use... It would be like an urgent need to use the bathroom. Not that so much, but okay. uh, I tried um, Nordic Naturals Ultimate Omega and I tried um, a vegan Omega-3 one with the algae capsules. And I, I mean, for me, it's not... It doesn't happen straight away. It tends to happen within 12 to 24 hours, get a bad gut and kind of foggy head. And I just know. Mm. Um, and, and actually... I had a, quite a reaction to that Ultimate Omega and it was it's come so highly recommended as well. Um, and uh, it took a few days to sort myself out. Bit of charcoal tablets and sauna Oh, wow. So quite long lasting as well. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so the patches, who makes those? They sound exciting. The patches, oh, do you know what? I can't even remember. Um I might I quite like to try that vitamin C. Wait, wait there one sec. I'm in, the, I'm in the spare room and I think I've got some vitamin C. One sec. Just walking over to get some patches. Here we go. One second. Oh, I'll just put my headphones on again. Um, Patch MD is the company. Patch MD? Patch is this, MD. It's a UK company. Yeah, you, uh, no, I, don't, I think it's a no? US company, US. but you can get them in the UK. Oh, you can get them here. And it's a topical patch. Now, the one I've got here is a comprehensive vitamin C. They've got uh, quercetin in there as well. And uh, yeah, you just put it on. Um, and quercetin's great for anti-aging as well, isn't it? Longevity. Well, exactly. I love mm. quercetin for lots of reasons. But mm. um, there's 30 patches in the pack. And I think you leave it on for eight hours and you absorb it over eight hours. And how much vitamin C will you absorb, do they think? 2,000 milligrams. Oh, my goodness. So decent dose. This decent just dose. sounds like a no-brainer while you're sleeping. 
Do you know what? While I'm talking to you, I'm going to put one on now. Why not? Put one on. Why not? <laughs> I know, yeah, why yeah. not? Just boost it. Yeah. Just, just go I for it. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to try one of those. Do you yeah. think that will help me with, um, I like vitamin C for collagen formation as well. So that could maybe even enhance the effects of beauty sleep, the kind of deep sleep. Well, I am very um, impressed. You're the overnight. mother to a teenager. You certainly do. You're certainly um, doing something right on the anti-energy. <laughs> oh, I wish. Anyway, um, yeah. we'll keep working on it uh, as much as you can. So what would you say then, just to kind of close, what's, the, what's changed for you health-wise? Is there anything that during lockdown that you can say, I'll look back and say, that was brilliant because... <sighs> That's an excellent question. I, I, I've got a closing question for you as well, as you well know. I'm nervous now. <laughs> but um, I, do you know what? I, I think one of the things for me is that I was just reading in the papers today that grocery sales have gone through the roof during lockdown. And obviously, because we're all eating a lot more at home. And for me, that has meant that I've been able to focus on the quality of my food. I mean, I can't believe how much our supermarket bill is every week, but it's meant that I can focus on the quality of the food, eat better food. I'm not always religious about the low histamine. As you know, I'll have a glass of vodka or a, you know, a bit of chocolate every once in a while, and that's absolutely fine. But generally, the quality of the food has been better. I've been eating more of what I want to eat, and there's less, oh my God, it's six o'clock, I'm at work, and what am I going to eat? There's nothing here that is particularly tasty. And as a result, I've noticed my overall overall health get pretty good you know i think my histamine mm. levels have gone down i've been feeling good so that's that's probably been the, the benefit of lockdown um uh yeah and, and obviously now it's kind of easing a bit and there's a new five guys that's just opened in chiswick and i, was, I spent about 20 minutes googling their website last night and i thought oh, i'm gonna have to gonna have to get involved in that <laughs> at some point as well so so you know it's not Go it's, it's it not all the perfect low histamine diet but what about you uh, so I would say very similar to you in terms of food. I, I feel amazing. I can notice the effect because I work a lot from home anyway. I'm all, I'm used to preparing my own food. I definitely see that in my husband. He looks different. He really, you know, four months from working from home, no commuting. We go for long walks in the morning. This has been one of my favorite lockdown things, actually. This would be the standout one for me, yeah. is we've been going um, on walks. We live um, just by Walton Heath Golf Course. And so we've been going there and into the woodland every morning at kind of 6.30 in the morning. And it's just been with our dogs, the most amazing thing. Time to chat, time to have together, because we don't really get that now with kids that are staying up later in the evening. And um, just being out in nature and the, the, the benefits that's just been amazing and you can leave the, the, the kids at home these days can you we can yes we wow, can they're what usually, a difference. i know that <laughs> that's crazy when that starts to happen yeah we can yeah for short times and uh that's amazing you know i don't think i'd a 13 year old's probably not up to babysitting in the evening are they i think no. they've got to be 14 15 yeah. but certainly like in the morning they're mostly still asleep so we'll just dive out for 45 minutes with the dogs and go for a walk well I, i've played walton heath before and have um, you and i well i hacked around it and it, it's it's a beautiful part of the world so what it is isn't how it nice that you live there yeah yeah great. so that's been one of my favorites and eating eating healthily fresh cooked food's been amazing too well j just to round it off um i always ask about one book and one tip for living with more energy um i know you read a lot and you're very and i love watching your instagram and seeing the kind of things that you've been getting involved in is there anything that you've been reading recently that has um apart from harry potter that's yeah. particularly resonated yeah it has actually and p p people have quite a few people probably have read it because it's not a new one but i think it's a great book is um deep work by cal newport oh yeah and yeah that's, i've read that's that brilliant have you isn't it a brilliant book this it's just full of tips and that for me because a part of this whole kind of slowing down thing that i'm doing obviously with three kids and two dogs there's competing demands on my time a lot of the time and so getting into deep work sometimes can be quite a challenge and not being interrupted and then resisting the temptation to sort of then overwork. So by focusing on how can I do really high quality work and avoid distractions has been um, invaluable. So I think that's a great book. That would definitely be one I would recommend for, you know, especially for people that are working increasingly from home. Excellent. What about one tip then? One tip in terms of one tip for energy. Energy and vitality. Yeah, I mean, you, you've mentioned so many already, but is there anything in particular? Is it is it the walking in the morning? Is that... Uh... The walking in the morning is a big one. I really noticed that. And it just has alleviated so much 
back pain. I just think that movement, just getting the body moving creates energy as soon as you wake up. That's a really big one. And the other one, like you eating early, just avoiding food before bed and making sure that I'm consistently, we eat so much earlier as a family. Um, that has been a game changer for me because I just, I find that I sleep so much better. I don't even have to try with my sleep. You know, my deep sleep's really nice and my REM sleep and I just, I wake up refreshed. So yeah, I don't even wake up with an alarm anymore, which is a first for me. I always now just wake up naturally, no alarm, somewhere between kind of half five and six. Lovely. I mean, just on that theme, we're off on holiday with the family in the next couple of days and my sister's family and my mum as well. And because of what's happening with coronavirus, the hotel has meant that you've got to book tables at certain times. And I know that we've got quite a few dinners in where we're sitting down to eat at eight o'clock, which of course, for most people, isn't that late. Maybe I'm just a boring old fogey now, but that, <laughs> I'm going to be looking at my watch thinking, I need to get some food in me here. Otherwise, my tummy will be terrible and I won't sleep well at night. Yeah, it's different. Difficult, isn't it? I think, do you know what? Go for a walk after dinner. I think that'll make a big difference. Great idea. Mm. That's, and I'm it really so helps. Pleased. That's an excellent tip. I'm going to do that every night. Just even just 15 minutes and I think you'll sleep way better. Brilliant. Yeah. On that oh, have note, a lovely holiday. You're going somewhere new. Nice. We're, we're going to Cornwall to um, Watergate Bay. So it's going to be... Oh, I like Watergate Bay. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, yeah. It'll be lovely. And um, our little boy is just on the verge of walking. So by the time this goes out, he'll probably be doing that, which will be exciting. Uh, yeah. Oh, what a cutie. Yeah. Well, thanks, Angela. I, I always love um, talking to you and absolutely love your Instagram and everything you do as well. So... Um, if you Likewise. Do, if you do anything specific on menstrual cycle, on kind of time of the month and um, alleviating uh, PMT as well, do let me know because I think that'd be really interesting as well. I'd love to share that with people and, and uh, yeah, I'll be interested yeah, to know more. Yeah, for sure, I will. It's definitely something that I'm actually now physically tracking um, and it's really um, interesting. So I'm tracking my sleep in relation to it, my exercise, how I feel, all of those things um, because I think, yeah, it's it's – just the few tweaks that I'm making are really changing things up. So yeah, it's, I, I'll, I'll definitely keep in touch with you on that. And um, yeah, I will link to everything. Thank you so much um, for this today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you back and I will link to your histamine website, but share it now. Tell everyone the name of the histamine site because I think it's going to help so many people. Thanks. It's histamineintolerance.net. And, uh, Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and the you thing have is, a specific I'm, Instagram for that as well. I you? do. Yeah, it's histamine intolerance site. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, actually, because I'm a journalist and a blogger. I'm not a medical expert. And it's interesting how many people are getting in touch with me, asking me for advice on all sorts of histamine issues, to which I always say, I'm not the man to offer you advice, but here's some other places you could go. But it just shows how many people are looking for answers around histamine intolerance. And I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, just quickly, what are your sites? So mine is AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Um, yeah, and then it's just Angela S. Foster on Instagram. That's probably the platform I'm most active on. Good. All right. Well, lovely to talk to you. I'm going to go and break my fast now. So we'll speak again soon. Enjoy. Take care.